I'm going to open up a boutique. I'll call it the elegant clavicle. <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of confused people coming in. <laughs> and some very disappointed gentlemen. <laughs> some neck fetish guys who are like, yes. This is like, finally, yeah. clavicle. <laughs> I thought I'd never see the day. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. I'm going to kick off with, uh, we're talking about fall. That's we're talking right. about autumn. Yep. That's our theme for today. And I wanted to give some booze news. I feel Ooh. like fall, I mean, 2020 has really just been one big, long season of drinking. No kidding. Um, but the fall's biggest wine trend, it says here, is channeling the chaos of 2020. Yeah. It's something called co-fermented wine. Co-fermented wine. Yeah. And what that doesn't that? sound good to me. No. Co- like it implies that, you know, you need two people to make it. Yes. And that those two people are stewing. Yes. But not in a good way. Fermentation for me doesn't, you know, I like things that are fermented, some foods that are fermented, but it just doesn't sound like a fun process. No, no. I'm afraid to ask, but I'm yet intrigued. What is co-fermenting? So it's a a lot less daunting than it sounds. Co-fermenting, basically, I'll put it this way, wines, um, a lot of wines are made with two or more types of grapes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they're blended. Usually those wines are, are made separately, bottled separately. And then once they're ready, they're blended together. Okay. But with co-fermentation suggests that there are two or more grapes and other ingredients, they are fermented together at the same time. This to me sounds yeah. like what people refer to as field blend. Yeah. I mean, it's but like mixed that- berry. Right. But isn't that how wine, I mean, some wines do have a couple of grapes. I know that like we're talking about these like table wines and stuff, but. But they blend them after not. So Uh... this is like they put all of the, I guess your Pinot Noir grapes and your Viognier grapes and your, you know, what other kind of grapes you have together and then make wine as opposed to having, you know, making a Pinot Noir and making another kind of uh, Merlot or something or a Shiraz, and, and then like mixing it together. I see. But it sounds like a bad idea because not only do the grapes <laughs> ferment at a different rate, then each grape already is in its own stage because it's not like you get all equal grapes. Well, no longer. It says here, uh, technically a wine can be made from any fruit or flower, not just grapes. So co- co-fermenting is like a free-for-all. And this is oh. what the experts say. It's like any any little shitty grape <laughs> like, like let's just throw some dandelion leaves in there too what else sure sure and fermented co- like, you and know co- this is a thing that i'm i i foresee hipsters in brooklyn getting into they're, gonna they're already co- doing it fermenting everything hey baby let's co-ferment <laughs> or you know like it's so there's some some winemakers they said they've recently been experimenting with apple and grape co-ferments which results in a wine cider hybrid people it's hooch 
I'm from yeah. the country. When you start throwing, you, you know, when your grandmother starts throwing anything in their peels, uh, oh, yeah. you know, raisins, no, some sugar, just put all that together with a cork. Boom. Grandma wine. I don't know if your grandmother <laughs> made any kind of wine like that, but you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. My grandmother made um, watermelon rinds. She pickled them. <laughs> Was it alcoholic? No. Okay. But I'm just saying that was her thing. She would take our watermelon and cut Mm -hmm. off the rind and chop it up and and pickle it. But that wasn't wine. Are you sure? Did you guys actually end up having any of it? We wouldn't eat it. (laughs) I just remember when I was a kid, there were some things that looked like they were instruments from a jug band. Like a brown jug that you couldn't see through. It was ceramic and, you know, kind of an ombre. Yep. With a cork in it. And it was just always by the radiator. Just co-fermenting whatever mm-hmm. was inside. And we were told not to have any of it. Not to mess with it. And did you? No. Because you were told. You, okay. Yeah, and we were young, right? We were we were young enough to be like, eh, who knows? It's like something in my grandmother's room. It could be anything. I don't know if we thought it would be something that would be edible or something that you could drink. Yeah, because, yeah, you really don't know what it's going to be. She it's, no it's something idea. she's going to pour on her feet. Yes, exactly. It could have been something for a soak yeah. of some kind. We don't know. You know, she could have been making some iodine. We don't know. Um, so this co-fermented wine uh, is also known as a field blend. Mm-hmm. And field blends are made when a plot of a vineyard is planted with several different varietals and they get harvested together. So this can start from the field, right? You just sow whatever it is you're going to sow and then boom co-fermented well co-fermented wine yeah. I, I guess that's going to be our hey listeners if you want to um if you're able to yeah and you want to send us a drink because podcasting is thirsty work yes yeah, thirsty work and just a five spot and we'll find some of this um this co-fermented mm-hmm. wine and we'll t- report on it it's also called uh glue glue which translates in the english to glug glug It says here that it's a wine that you want to chug. Um, It has an integrated profile. The reds are zippy and fresh. Um, They have a big big flavor. Whites are fragrant and rich and crisp, and they go well with food. And you can chug it. So that's definitely the next time we go out when we're able to, we could just ask, you know, we'd like something we could chug. We want to pick our, ourselves up some chugging wine. Yeah, we want a, we want a wine glass or a, a vessel to hold this wine that we need both hands. That's right. To That's lift right. it to our faces. <laughs> so yeah, glug glug wine um, goes well with food, easy to, easy to chug. Three of the varieties that they recommend, I've never heard of. Crunchy Roasty by Stolpman Vineyards. Um, a wine called Masquerade by Gug or Gut Ogao. Okay. Yeah. And then a wine called Big Salt <laughs> by a company called Ovum. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Big Salt. I might check that one out just because I like the name. But Big Salt, yeah. I don't Whoa. know how that, like that's a Big Salt is something that I'm not looking for in, in a wine. No, not at all. Um, um Neither is ovum. Well, unless they have a whole line of like things for the kitchen, like spices and wines and oils and things like that, yeah. then big salt is a good name. I mean, I think the main thing is that 
these are really easy to drink. So they probably taste a little bit like Kool-Aid or Welch's. I'm thinking this is like a communion wine that's been watered down a little bit. Well, that's fine. That's good. Like it's good. Um, like a gathering wine, like a yes. casual, like people come over and drop, you know, they drop by. Yeah. And you're not, drop by. You, you like the people, but not that much. Right. Pull out. You know, big, big salt. <laughs> it's like a level below Josh. When you don't really like your friends. Yeah. Big salt. Big salt. All right. What do you have? Okay. I have a couple of things here. Well, autumn is the time of year where the leaves turn. And people, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> I feel like the leaves are just going to jump off in a week and be like, you know what? Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Well, you know, so people as, as a pastime, they like to see the leaves turn and um, people call them leaf peepers. Yeah, I've never been I've never successfully peeped every year. I say I'm going to do it. And every year something happens to prevent me. Well, first of all, leaf peeping that sounds both dirty and simple-minded yeah and i'm interested (laughs) i need a break so some people really take offense to that name being called a leaf peeper some people giggle at it um are people saying like hey leaf peepers get a load of this well the people in the towns where the leaves are are that's a peeper is a a pejorative term people that come to see the leaves even though it is it is good for business when uh you know peepers come to town leaf peepers come to town and for a lot of these little towns it's the only business so i don't know what they're talking about like yeah. are these people like why are people coming up in my town on yeah. the road well what happens like they're like especially in the autumn for any of the seasonal stuff like um, apple picking leaf peeping, oh yeah yeah that kind of thing people drive but they drive super slow because usually these <laughs> are yeah they're because not only are they just like looking out the window, like, look at that leaf, you know, look at those leaves, look at this mm-hmm. leaf. A lot of the roads are, are steep and curvy. And so yeah. they don't know the roads. And so they're driving really slow. <laughs> yes. And they don't care because the entire, like, they're just going to drive somewhere and get like a pumpkin spice latte and then drive back to Brooklyn. Exactly. The and they, or they have their pumpkin spice latte in their hand and they're just like, we're just just rolling this is yeah. life it's like oh do you people local people have somewhere to go maybe take a another road like a back road so people are getting really really mad at this at the slow people recently um when they're trying to commute somewhere and they the people ahead of them think it's okay to go 20 or 30 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> but i mean maybe we should institute a speed peep yeah right <laughs> Where you just try to go as quickly as you can. Yeah. The goal is just to have a blur of all your colors. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So local economies, like people will go and they'll have a meal. They'll buy local products. They pay for local experiences and things like that. And there is a boost in sales. But like any town, like, listen, living in New York, yeah. tourists are there all the time. Slowing yeah. us down while we're trying to get to work when we did go to the office and order our sandwich for the morning or whatever we were going to do. Tourists were always walking slowly because. Yeah. Like getting on and off the subway. I, I try not to be rude, but a couple of times I'm like, was he first time? Yeah. (laughs) Get off, dude. Just keep moving forward. Like either you're on the car, you're not. The difference is clear, bro. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so this is like a universal problem, tourism. It's a, it's, it's a, a blessing to have the tourists come to town and spend yeah. the money, but then you have to deal with, yeah, everybody in the way. Where do, you're from New Jersey, and so are you, did you grow up far from what's referred to as the shore? Um, well, New Jersey is, is a, uh, I don't, it depends on where you want to go to the shore. If you want to, first of all, when you live in New Jersey, you go down the shore. You don't go oh, to that's the right, shore. Sorry. Down. Yes. Down the shore. And it depends on which everyone has their favorite beaches for different reasons. When you're younger, you like the ones with the boardwalk. Some of them mm-hmm. are like, it's, it was usually like a two hour drive to get to where we wanted to go. Okay, so you are not really a local of any beach no. area. So and where do you guys go in the fall in New Jersey? Uh, we just, nobody goes anywhere. We are all... Because people come to you, right? Well, no, they only really come out to see the leaves, but it's not, that's not near, that wasn't near where, like you don't go to the suburbs to see the leaves. You go to the mountains to see the leaves. Okay. And, um, oh, but at the shore, when you go to... If, when you go down the shore and you're a, a tourist, they call you um, a shoeby. Excuse me? Well, because you're wearing shoes? No. <laughs> and they hate shoes. <laughs> they said, because when people, people come to the shore, they bring their belongings in a shoebox. Uh-huh. I don't know when this happened or, or it's just like a pejorative thing. Like everything you own is in a, who knows. And they would call them shoebies. That's bizarre. We got to find out what that means because I I want to imagine that there was a time in New Jersey's history where people were really just rolling with a shoebox. There might be. It might be a thing where like that was your day trip. You took your shoebox to the beach with your I mean, with your sandwich in it because you do. They maybe it was like you know in the eighteen hundreds, you didn't have your coolers or anything, so you took everything in a shoebox. Ah, that, that makes it. sense. Yeah, I make I I'm I'm just coming up with that. But they also call people. Um, Bennies. Okay. So and what does that mean? That means um, you benefit from the shore. <laughs> and damn you for doing so. Yeah. The shore <laughs> line is for us. These bennies and shoebies come to our beaches. They come here. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm from on the Eastern shore, I mean, I never had a negative attitude towards tourists because I was just happy to see anyone who wasn't like a redneck or someone who I was already related to. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I did get the feeling that there was a lot of hatred towards them, but at the same time, I'm like, look, man, if they don't come here, we're not going to have any money. It's not like there's anything else going on around here. Yeah. Like, did you notice that everybody works in hospitality? Yeah. Right. And that they only work in hospitality a couple months a year. And then the rest of the time we're just sitting around here with a bunch of houses closed up. Right. But in, in Maryland, where I'm from for the fall, we don't really you know, we don't have a big leaf peeping situation, but we also don't really seem to desire it. It was never something that I wanted to do as a kid. It wasn't on the agenda at all. But now that I'm in New York, I feel like it's something I have to do because I'm close to where the, you know, the best leaf peeping is. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's is, worth you know, Massachusetts. I mean, yeah. I think it's now, especially this autumn with COVID, you want to stay in your car. Yeah. And do something. This is like the perfect activity. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like five miles per hour. <laughs> but the good news is like, well, people are not commuting to work as much you know, yeah. for the, the office workers. So less people have to get into the office. 
Well, I mean, good luck for the leaf peep this year. Apparently, according to the, the weather forecast, it's going to be later than usual. We're supposed to, in the Northeast, have uh, an elongated summer. Okay. And they're saying that we will it will be fairly warm into, like, October. Okay, wow. Yeah, that could be a good thing. I mean, it's positive for businesses that rely on outdoor custom. That's true. And people will be able to, you know, continue to enjoy the outdoors for longer. So maybe people won't feel as claustrophobic. Yeah. That's a good thing. But I I wanted to report on, and I can't believe there is actually anything to report on, fall fashion. What? I can't even believe that. Yeah. Who who is dictating fall fashion? I don't know. I, I see some of the people that I see on my social media feeds are dressing up at home. Um, but the majority of my friends are doing comfortable clothing, sweatpants, flip flops, jeans, you know, bras are out. Yeah. Um, and anything that's uncomfortable is basically out. But there's a movement to try to get people in the fall to kind of go back to dressing up even if they're not staying at home. And this fall fashion report is telling us what we can expect to be wearing pretty soon. So, you know, listen up, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, lay it on us. What are we yeah. wearing at home this fall? Chocolate brown. Get out. Yes. What a shocker. It says chocolate brownie color. Apparently it was all over the runway. Um, it's, it's great for evening wear. It looks luxurious. You can find it with a chunky sweater and trousers, just brown. And it says it's great because brown can be paired with any other color. Guess what? Any color can be paired with any other color. You can. If you have the tolerance for it. Right. It doesn't have to look good. It can just. Yeah. Like I always, for years, I was told that pink and red don't go good well together. They do. Yeah, it, you just have to work. know how to how to do it, how to yeah. put the proportions and textures together. So if you have anything brown in your wardrobe, get it out. Oh, I'm because I'm in. Put it on. Uh, the second thing is gloves, and this is the one that I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe people are a little nervous about touching things when they get back out into the world. You're on the subway, you know, you're in places where you have to touch a lot of things. Gloves. So I'm okay with that. I, I love gloves. So gloves and sweatpants. <laughs> yes, gloves and sweatpants. Brown sweatpants. Yeah. Also, they're going to look great. Um, untailored tailoring. Hmm. So this is big coats, and it says even bigger lapels, slouchy pants, cinched waist pants. and oh, That's not the- happening. Sorry. <laughs> and over the hem anklets. I'm not sure what that is. Over the hem anklets. I think this is you're putting an anklet on over your pants. Okay. I don't know how that's going to work, though. You're going to break a lot of anklets. (laughs) Yes. Who wears an anklet? Over your pants. A period. Have you ever worn an anklet? Not in recent memory. Maybe as like a teenager. (laughs) Yes, exactly. As a teen, it's just not a piece of jewelry. It's who would give it to you? You know, I mean, you're not going to buy it for yourself, but you you better really be intimate with somebody before you suggest an anklet. I feel like I don't know why. I just feel like you better know that person really well, (laughs) possibly in a sexual way, unless they're, you know, a small child or a teen. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a toe ring, not not a. 
you know, not something you're really getting. Another thing is built-in hardware. This is, I, I remember this from like the 80s. So instead of, for example, accessorizing with um, maybe like a chunky necklace, that necklace will already be sewn onto the garment. Nice. And like in the 80s, you'll see people wearing a light shell and it's pulled forward by, by all the, of the-, the weight of the <laughs> embellishments. Yes, and then, I, you know, it's, and then all the pieces start coming off with the watch. Exactly. So you're wearing kind of like a run DMC gold chain attached to, you know, a thin blouse. <laughs> also, they're saying that you're going to see it on, you know, on necklines. You're going to see it on cuffs. There's, they're going to be sewing hardware onto all kinds of things in the fall. This is for you to sit at home, by the way. Um, another thing that's coming back in is, a, is big blazers. So oversized blazers you're at your home blazer yes your at home blazer um and suit suits but just the skirt part i suits but just the skirt so yeah a blazer with a skirt yeah okay or no just you could wear the it says skirt suits a bourgeois inspired skirt suit what is a skirt suit I don't know. This is what I'm saying. So it's it's a suit, but instead of pants, you get a have like a pencil skirt. It's just a in my mind, that's a suit. Yeah, yeah. So, but it has to be bourgeois because you're at home. You're at home, and nobody knows you've got the skirt on. And then the last one is something that I know that we're both going to embrace: it's strapless tops. Oh, stretchy tube tops. Um, paired with a high-waisted short, maybe, and come fall, you can wear them with an oversized blazer and flared trousers. There you go. It says there's a certain elegance that accompanies a bare clavicle. That, that, oh. Yes, and it's as, as elegant as the word clavicle sounds. The elegance of the curve of the clavicle. Yeah, you a know shapely what? clavicle. That's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up a boutique and I'll call it, I'll call it the elegant clavicle. <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of confused people coming in <laughs> and some very disappointed, uh, <laughs> some very disappointed gentlemen. <laughs> some neck fetish guys. Who are yes. Like, it's, like, it's like, finally, okay. clavicle. <laughs> I thought I'd never see the day. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never liked a strapless top. Um, it's just a tube top. It always horrified me, even as a kid. I feel like no good could come of it. I yeah. was always afraid it would, you know, before I had a chest to speak of, I was afraid it would come down. And then once I developed a chest, it just looked like I was wearing a belt. I was afraid that guys <laughs> would pull it down. But yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a like valid fear, I think, in the 80s. Yeah. And there's a thing like, and once you become adults and you enjoy drinking... There's a couple of things you can't do it. You can't wear anymore. First yeah. of all, tube tops. Tube top is one of them because that's coming right off. False eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be like climbing halfway up your eyelid or they'll be in drink. <laughs> <laughs> they'll just fall right. Like, what? <laughs> and um, jumpsuits. Oh, I, I, you know what? I like jumpsuits, but I, I can't. Yeah, especially if you're going out and you're going to have a few drinks. Yeah, I mean, unless I'm I'm past the point in my life where I would wear a shorts jumpsuit because then at least you just pull to the side. Yeah, but I have a fear of getting trapped in a jumpsuit in like a porta potty. That's where I see my future. That's how I die. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) And so to avoid that, I'm just not going to wear a jumpsuit. I don't care if it's all denim. Good. And then one day, 
you're going to be taken to a castle. <laughs> and in the bottom of the castle, there is a little room locked away where they, they fashion the best jumpsuits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you're so intrigued and you go into the room and like, stay out of there. And you're like, jumpsuits? But maybe I'll just try on one. Yeah, I'm not going to wear it. I'm just going to try no. it on. You, so you put it on and then you fall asleep for 100 years. Isn't that how it goes? I think there's a Disney musical based on that. Yeah. What <laughs> was the thing, right? With, um, who was it? Sleeping Beauty. She was... And uh, is a man going to have to help me get out of this jumpsuit? Yeah, he's going to revive me. Okay. Yeah, just like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> like, because she wasn't allowed to have any, any um, spinning wheels or something. Oh, and that's so, right. So she was, they gathered all the spinning wheels and threw them all in one room and she wasn't allowed in the room. And one day she found her way in and she was like, I got to touch this. And they're like, don't touch it. And she pricked her finger and, and fell asleep. I like our like version. In the jumpsuit. I like our version with the jumpsuit starring Nicolas Cage as the <laughs> evil stepmother. <Yeah>. And the prince. <laughs> You know? so what happens? So you fall asleep inside your jumpsuit. How do you get out? <laughs> I can't get out. Can't get out. And it's kind of like, this is almost like pornographic. But I think it cuts off the circulation and I just pass right out. So how does the prince like wake you from your slumber? Does he have to take off your jumpsuit? I think he, well, in, in my version of this film that we're making up right now on the spot, I, it's a, it's a Canadian tuxedo jumpsuit. It's jean. It's all jean. It's and all... it's button fly from crotch to, to sternum. Oh, okay. And I can't get the button fly. I can't get any of the buttons open. They're like fused shut. So Nicolas Cage has to come along and free me from this button fly jumpsuit. And he's like, oh, she just, she just couldn't get the, the button flies undone. Yeah. And he only needs to undo one button. And that's it. Oh, and then it falls away. Blah, 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 blah. Like each button yeah. just kind of opens. And underneath I'm wearing a tube top. <laughs> and the second nightmare begins. <laughs> All right, what do you have? <laughs> I like this movie. What's it called? <laughs> I don't know. We'll come up with something. <laughs> You're listening to Hey You Know It with Jaquetta Sotmari and Katie Casimir. We're telling you how it is and how it should be. Equinox is upon us. Awesome. And when is it? It falls on September 22nd this year. So I have 11 ideas and rituals that you can try to celebrate the autumn equinox. What are some things we can do to celebrate the equinox? First of all, it's a time of harvest. So you should be thankful for everything you have. So you make a gratitude list. Yeah, I I remember these kind of festivals. I grew up basically in a cornfield. It was always exciting for me to see that that the corn was ready to be cut down. Uh, That kind of signaled Mm -hmm. fall for me. Oh, okay. Oh, really? So Yeah. I'm that rural. (laughs) It's real, people. Yeah. Uh, Another thing, you can restore balance in the home. uh, Because night and day are approximately the same length. The equinox is a great day to, like, 
um, get rid of, it's like a symbolic time to get rid of what you don't need and be thankful for what you do have. You got autumn clean out. Yeah. Yeah. You make space for abundance, supposedly. Um, You can also make crafts and create fall art. Okay. You know, you want to get your, your leaf decorations and your hay bales and things like that. So that's another I mean, I'm, I've decided that this fall, you know, a lot of things are online. So I'm taking for the first time ever an online art class. I usually take art classes in person. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I, I signed up for something completely out of my comfort zone. You know, I was trying things new. Might as well go whole hog. And I'm taking a class that is introduction to portraiture. Mm-hmm. I have never drawn a face. I've oh. been painting and drawing for years. Uh, I try to stay away from humans. Yeah. <laughs> and I do so. If I do like new drawing or something like that, it's very, you know, sketchy. <laughs> so I decided to, hey, this is something I feel like I can do. And I don't need a lot of space for it. Uh-huh. I don't need a lot of equipment. So I'm going to try to draw some faces. So you are. I, nice. Yeah. Anybody out there wants me to draw their face, hey, you know it at gmail.com. Right. Send me a picture of your face. Of your face. Just your face. Yeah. Um, and I will draw it, but I will not send it back to you because it will probably be terrible. It's my first class. <laughs> like, don't get excited. Help an artist out, listeners. Yeah. Go ahead and send it. Help an artist out. Um, let's see. Uh, fall is a great time to cre- uh, create goals or start a project just like you're doing. Yeah. Um, they say if you, if you can't decide, you make a list of everything you want to do and pick your top three. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I, I do something kind of similar. I, cause I love to make lists. I know you do too, but I wanted to mix it up a bit and I put things that I want to do on a little card and I put them in a bag. Oh. And then I pull a couple of things out and see how I feel about them. And you're like, I'm really, <laughs> if you were really wishing for something else, then it's yeah. like, okay, that's how I feel. About you put it, it back in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or throw it away. It, it helps me to, I'm like, Oh, I, I put all this stuff in there. Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that right out. You know, this one, it says here, eat a fall harvest meal. So that means harvest foods like corn, squash, zucchini, apples, pumpkins. Beer. Beer. Yes. And all of that. Co-fermented wine. <laughs> I feel like co-fermented wine, it's, I'm going to be able to chew a little bit when I get to the bottom of the bottle. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a nice, thick, meaty wine. Uh, they're also saying, you know, have or attend a bonfire. Okay. You could probably still do that nowadays if you're rural enough. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't really, I know people in the suburbs have fire pits and things, but you can't have too many people over and you all have to be apart from each other. Yeah. I mean, the bonfires, again, rural, I'm thinking about it, have been like gigantic. You know, they're like 15 feet tall and you can't get close to them or you'll die. Yeah. So that, that will keep the distancing right there. Right, right. Yes, have a massive bonfire. <laughs> yes. You have to stay well back from it. Um, all right, a bonfire. Yeah. Go outside and connect with nature and get out there, see those leaves, that kind of thing. So yeah, none of this is very exciting, but it's it seems like, like I don't know, kind of a low-key way to celebrate fall. Yeah, I mean, we're now, you know, what's the six months into COVID, people are finding other ways to celebrate that don't involve gathering. And if we're lucky, and we have the kind of fall that they're predicting where the weather is warm, then, you know, there'll be more time to do these things, you can extend 
activities that you think of in summer. Like you could still go camping, you could still go hiking. Although last week I I wanted to go hiking and it turned out that the park said it was at capacity. Wow. I went to the park website. It was like two o'clock and they were like, as of 1230, we are at capacity. Like basically please, you know, turn around and go home. Make other plans, but it didn't say what those plans, it didn't, it didn't like refer me to another park. Oh. It was just like, you know, look at this picture of a tree. Oh man. I know it's t- That's, that's one of the things about the New York metropolitan area, right? Like things get full. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really, like we never, when we wanted to go out and do these things before COVID, they were too packed. Yes. And it was just a turnoff. You could go and you could still be amongst a lot of people, but now yeah. There's now you less can't go, and you can't, still can't go. Yeah, you still can't go. Like I still haven't been to Bear Mountain. It's been like 15 years. <laughs> now they're telling me it's closed. Yeah. So. So what do you know. have? Um, I have here the Hallmark Fall lineup. So the Hallmark Channel, they said they're breaking out the flannel and pumpkin spice with some new fall movies beginning on the 19th. They're going to have. Uh, new films that are going to help us let go of summer and fall into fall. Okay. And apparently during this epidemic or this pandemic, Hallmark has been killing it. Oh, I bet. So they released their first same sex uh, romance and apparently it catapulted their channel to number one. You see, people people are wrong about what people want to see on television. That says a lot to me. It was a two women uh, were featured in this romantic story and people loved it, right? People are looking for something different. Yeah, right? they're different tired situations. of the heteronormative yeah. formulaic. And also, as I have said before, it's probably two wedding dresses. That's better than one wedding dress. No kidding, right? You, I you bet know? you you could just look at those dresses and you know, you'd know everything about those personalities of those characters. Yeah. So, um, according to Mary Lou Quinlan, who is the, the head of just ask a woman women's marketing consultancy, she says to me, the chaos of this time we're living in falls squarely on the shoulders of women, whether they're working mothers working remotely or homeschooling or women who have lost their jobs and are struggling with elder care responsibilities. Hallmark channel movies are an oasis in the chaos. They allow women to still fantasize about living in a normal world, even though they realize this is a sugar-coated reality. And I agree with the statement, but I also like to add, a lot of dudes watch Hallmark too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, they might like to see like the yeah. whole lesbian thing going on. Yeah, or just or just a romance. Yeah. Like, there's got to be some guys out there who are into Hallmark TV originals. Of um, course there are. You know, they're, they're relaxing. So it says they give you a blending... Uh, of life's simple pleasures with high gloss feel good stories, twinkle lights, baked goods, pottery barn catalogs. Hallmark movies are easy on the eye and uncomplicated. And they apparently, they don't make people feel bad about their personal lives like a lot of television does. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're missing out on anything in particular. It's clear that this is a fantasy. So when you see these characters, you're not thinking, oh, I wish I could be like that. No one is like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I kind of, I respect that. Right. They're not, they're not saying this is not aspirational. It's a fantasy. Right. Right. right? It's not going to happen. You are yeah. no more likely to ride a dragon and destroy Cersei than you are to be in a Hallmark TV original. 
It's just not, you <laughs> know. lost in the fantasy. Yeah. Um, it's escapist. So I went to the site and I I picked, they have uh, four movies that are coming out. Uh, Love at Daisy Hills. That's a town, not a lady. Love at Look Lodge. Country at Heart. My Best Friend's Bouquet and Sweet Autumn. So I picked this one. It was was called My Best Friend's Bouquet. And they're two. (laughs) That sounds sounds like a euphemism. Yes, my best friend's bouquet. Okay. That is a, a coming of age story at an all girls camp. And it's two very bright and shiny. I think that they are representing African-American, maybe Latino. They're definitely people of color. Um, a couple. Josie Hughes is a hopeless romantic who believes in the kind of romance in black and white movies where the leading lady finds her one true love and gets swept off her feet. She also believes the wedding bouquet always finds its way to the right person when tossed by the bride, as proven time and again at weddings dating back to her childhood. This is, have you ever participated in this catching of the bouquet? I've been forced to go into the, the group of single the women pit. out there, the pit to get, to get, and I've never run after it. And you could see me in videos just like kind of standing there while everyone else dives after this. And um, are you dodging it like bullets in the matrix? Basically? I'm looking at it like it's it's a rattlesnake. Like, mm. <laughs> and then um, once I even got hit by one, and I, I kind of, you know, walked away from it. I once swatted one to the ground, which people didn't seem to appreciate. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I was forced, as you were, into the pit. It came at me, and I did what anyone would do if someone threw something at your head. You swatted away. I swatted it away. <laughs> and then they had to do it again. I'm like, no, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, you know. Two years later, the marriage had dissolved. I was glad I threw the thing to the floor. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. I think everybody who was at that wedding got divorced at some point. Later oh, no. in their life. <laughs> it was a harbinger of, of uh, yes. divorce. God. I know for for my wedding, the flowers were tropical and heavy. If I had thrown them at people, it would have been an assault. Plus, they were expensive. I'm not throwing those. Yeah, put them back in a vase, whatever. I always Uh, thought it was just, it was rude, you know, to be like, here, everybody, like, "Mm, here's my bouquet. Have at it, you know, whoever gets it, you're the lucky one. I don't know. It just really doesn't Also, like like I'm saying, they're expensive. A wedding bouquet is like $150. I'm not throwing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I expect to get a couple days use out of that. And then it's like, if you catch it, then you're like, all right, who's going to marry me? And you're looking around. At all the, the well, who's going to marry you is the lucky or unlucky gentleman who was forced into the male version of this pit and had to catch a garter belt. Oh, right. And then he has to pull it up, put it up your leg. Mm-hmm. And then people in the background are going like, da, 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 da. You know, yeah, it's, like, right. it's supposed to be like a really sexy thing watching this guy. It's not. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. And no, I, I was at a wedding once where the one who <laughs> caught the bouquet was like a flower girl. She was really <gasps> young. Oh, no. Well, no, it, she was probably maybe about 11 or 12. Really? Why was she in the pit? Because she was single. So she got out there and was and she caught it. And so the this grown man, you know, was like, uh, I can't put it. <laughs> 
Jason Carter on this. <laughs> Awkward. And so I think he just kind of like put it on her foot and like she. That's still not comfortable for that man. No, it was awful. Putting a garter belt on any part of a small girl was probably very horrifying. You yeah, know, for him. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but I remember him looking t- just completely horrified. And then she was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, why yeah. is this? This is really embarrassing for some reason that I don't know yet. She's like, I just wanted the flowers. Yeah. I, I like roses, you know. I'm yeah. 11. I don't get these a lot. I usually get daisies and carnations. Yeah. Um. So this character, Josie, single Josie ends up with the bouquet at her friend Emma's wedding instead of their not single friend, Athena, and fears she has wrecked her chances of getting engaged. Oh. Right. But when Josie begins dating eligible bachelor Will after meeting at the reception, much to the dismay of her longtime friend Alex, who has secretly held a torch for her since college, she decides the bouquet is responsible for the budding romance and begins to think that Will is the one. So this woman is taking her cues from some some cut flowers. (laughs) Like that's what's running the show here is a floral arrangement. Um, As Josie clings to the notion that the bouquet is always right. You know that phrase. She's missing the real world signs that a perfect match is someone else who's been right in front of her all along. Starring Chaley Rose or Kaylee, the CH, I don't know. And Nathan Witt. So yeah. the right one was there all, all along. It's Alex, and I guess I, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, but whoever they are, they've always been around. Um, and he's, overlooked. He's been in love with this person forever, but the bouquet felt otherwise. <laughs> uh, my best friend's bouquet. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The the. Now that they're doing ones with more African-Americans, they are picking some just corny African-American hairstyles for the men. Oh, it's I like kind it. of a non-confrontational corporate Afro from like the late 90s. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not stylish. You know what I mean? It's like there are a lot of styles that are really exciting and fun for, for black guys with a natural Afro, mm-hmm. like a nice lineup, you know, something. But no, they just give it like a, a helmet. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Just like very basic. Just very basic and, uh, and uniform and yes. the same length all the way around. Yes. But like, you know, just in the shape of the head, just round. Yeah. And the facial hair too, it looks suspicious. It's kind of like, was it, uh, for, who was it? Apollo from Rocky. Yeah, but a little bit shorter. Okay. And it's outdated. You know, at that time, it was appropriate. But now I'm like, there's no brother walking around with this corny haircut. This is inappropriate. Yeah, you know what? The bouquet should have told her that. I take offense. Yeah. That guy's shy of barbers, I guess. All right, what do you have? Well, I would say no more school, no more books, no more dirty teacher looks. That's kind of weird okay. at this time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, though, how kids feel. I think I'd be thrilled right now. Yeah, and, and, but the thing is, I'm hearing from from all from a variety of people in, in different states and different towns it's going town by town state by state some schools are just like nope nobody's coming in it's going to be total remote you cannot yeah. you cannot some people are it. pushing it back like they had they were going to start on the 8th and then they're like oh let's do it on the 16th 
Yeah. Oh, this is on the 21st. So I think a lot more are going to go with the remote. Yeah. Some of them are doing shifts. Like you go every two days and then you're remote yeah. for the next two days. And- some have closed. Some opened up and have closed back down yeah. already. So it's all over the place. And um, yeah. So basically what we're looking at, because even the ones that have opened are already closing, is that kids are going to be learning from home. They're going to be going to school yeah. from home. Like, like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's this title of this article is Relax Parents, Teaching Your Kids from Home Offers Opportunities. These poor parents with their full-time how, job, how can they do that? I, I mean, I don't have kids and I'm working and I'm like, if I had to stop and help kids with work, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do this. How can they do I'll that? put it to you this way as a teacher and a teacher for many years, I can't imagine teaching and then having to stop and do other things. Oh, That's kind of what they're asking parents to do. Yeah. So the parents are working full-time and they want them to stop and teach. I can't imagine teaching full-time and being like, wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to now parent. Yeah. You know? And they say, oh, and they're saying, enjoy this time with your children. Often we take the time we spend with our children for granted. Just by being engaged in life and talking to your children and explaining things to them, you're teaching them. So, um, learning if you know something, yeah, but if you're an ignorant piece of shit, you know, that's out the window or you don't know how to express yourself to your child. Right. So there, I know, right. They're saying learning doesn't always mean pen and paper, but that's what school is actually for. Cause you have to learn those things. Yes. You have to learn how to use the pen and paper and you have to learn yeah, or, objects. or whatever it is yeah. that you're using in place of that. Yeah. You, you learn how to use those tools in school. Yeah. They're saying things like, you know, why don't you have offering ideas to teach? They're like, there's learning opportunities all around us if we look for them. Be intentional. And I guess this is for, for younger kids. Um, have a, it's got to be. Have a home scavenger hunt. Ask the kids to find items of different shapes and colors. Like their shoes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could just <laughs> find something that is a cylinder. You know, and um, <laughs> you say a cylinder, like a rolling pin, a beer. Okay, so they found the cylinder. Now what? There's like eight hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, right. And they say if the the child is age appropriate, um, have them help with the cooking. <laughs> yes, and I and I stro- I stress this to people all the time. I'm like, there's no reason why your child cannot start preparing food. Yeah. I don't know if it's an American thing. I mean, we started cooking. I started cooking very young because otherwise, if I told people my mother was a terrible cook, I'd be dead if yeah. I didn't start cooking. Yeah. So I was cooking as an act of self-defense and self-love. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not difficult to teach kids to cook. It's You know what? Cooking implements are not dangerous if they're... Super. If you supervise the child with them. Yeah, if you're around, you're like, you know, if they start, you know brandishing a knife about then you're like wait a minute maybe you're you're not cut out for this well that's that's the thing is like a lot of parents like oh i don't want my kids to use a knife i'm like "Uh uh-huh i've been an elementary school teacher your kids are using knives okay (laughs) you don't see them flicking them around we do we confiscate them all the time little jeremy knows what he's doing with a switchblade he can find his way around a butter knife all right here's something that they're saying get the kids involved in everyday life have to make a shopping list. They can learn about cooking, working on their reading and math skills, and maybe even okay. do some why, again, and shopping. 
why aren't they already doing this? Are people just not doing anything with their kids at all? Yeah, but this is also a stretch. They're telling, they're trying to say this is reading and math. <laughs> like, it can be, it can but, be but come on, you know. And do you have time for that? Is that the kind of? That's not again. That's not what we're teaching in school. Yeah, right. That's what you're supposed to be teaching at home anyway. Yeah. So now you got to do that, and you got to do the math and literacy on top of it. Right. Now there's can't saying, just be like my kid made a list of you know candies he wants. Right. <laughs> now they're saying keep a routine. Um, and remember, if you can. Yeah, and then they're like, uh, remember, even adults have a hard time staying focused and attentive for more than forty-five minutes at a time. So mm-hmm. kids need shorter sessions. I can't even imagine this. How are people doing this? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I don't have kids, so good luck. Yes, let's take advantage of resources. And frankly, it's one of the reasons why I don't have kids, because I didn't want to have to take care of them. Yeah. But, oh, you may be, because now they're saying involve your circle. If you can, get other people, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, other relatives, anyone in your children's learning circle. No, I have a cold all the time. My feet hurt. Yeah. I cannot help you. Although I I have told some people that if they need help understanding the lessons and things like that, I'm more than happy to help them. Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to to teach their kids. Yeah. They make learning without getting paid. Yeah. Because it's a profession. Let's not forget that you would never ask a dentist just to do a quick cleaning for your child. Right. Or, or Or you would never ask your housekeeper to just, you know, come in and wipe some stuff down for free. So I, I got to push back on people thinking that they can just go around and ask people to teach their kids for free. Yeah. Because it's a job, which a lot of parents are about to find out. Right. All those parents <laughs> who were calling up the teachers like, you you better you know, mm-hmm. do this for my kid. You better give them a better grade. You better do all this. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Good luck, you know. Uh... Oh. Yeah, you- I... I- I feel for the parents. Yeah. So what do you have? So I have a piece of advice here. We're talking about fall. This one is falling for somebody that you shouldn't be falling for. And this is Dr. Tracy. I think we've used Dr. Tracy before. Okay. Uh, Dr. Okay. Tracy, let us. Dr. Tra- so this is advice on advice. Advice on advice is a segment where we find advice on the internet that stinks. And it's unqualified. And we improve upon it by giving our advice on advice. So Dear Dr. Tracy, I'm a married woman who had a brief affair with a man 10 years younger than myself. It's not, if that's not the problem, I don't see why that is. Um, the the other man is an inmate in prison. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> so wait, wait, I'm a married. <laughs> she's married. She had an affair with a man who's 10 years younger than her. Oh, and FYI, he's in prison. She and had, he's in prison. She had conjugal visits? I, I, I don't know. Did, or did they have an affair and they went to prison for something else? I don't know. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Like this woman's talking, like she's got a lot of problems. Yeah. This, <laughs> um, I really believe that he loves me, but authorities say he was probably just scamming me. Yeah, and what would they know? Right? <laughs> what would authorities know? I'm not able to contact him at this time. What should I do to find out the truth? To make matters worse, my husband is a great man. I know I have disrespected him beyond words, but I just couldn't help myself. We get along well enough, but I'm finding more and more that he just isn't a proper partner for me. I'm left to make every decision in the entire house. We have four children. Oh, God. Three 
still living with us ages 17 to 25. If they're over 18, kick them out. Uh, and the older they get, the more pressure I feel to be the end all for everyone. It should be going in the other directions. The, the older your children get, the less pressure you should feel. Right. To have to take care of them. I mean, they're adults. Yeah. What's going on with these kids? They're all at home. Yeah. Besides, besides that, my elderly mother also lives with us and depends on me for every decision she needs to make. Oh my God. Well, that, that probably won't go on for too long. Um, <laughs> the mounting pressures are killing me. And if that's not enough, I have a full-time job, part-time job and go to school eight hours a week. This is what led me to the other man. How does she have time? For the other man? I don't know. I, I feel like her schedule's packed. Maybe she works in the prison or is studying prison. Full time job, a part time job, eight hours go to school, four kids, and yeah. mother. Well, four adult kids. But still, right. oh my God. I know. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. I'm just, you know, she's not like picking them up after school and stuff like that. Um, this is what led me to the other man. He's self-assured, knows what he wants and how to get it. Well, <laughs> but not how to get away with it, yeah. right? He can give me the desires and passion I require in a relationship. And with him, I can find a true partner in whom I could rely on to help with decisions instead of leaving everything up, everything in the world up to me to fix. Please help. I'm really desperate. And I'm putting in, in parentheses, that's really obvious. Yeah. <laughs> So this woman is having an affair with some dude in prison, but he she can no longer contact him. Um, the prison guards are saying, look, lady, it's a scam. But she just can't give it up. Oh, my God. Yeah. This it's woman rough. is drowning. Yeah. This is not. So, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I asked uh, my husband, Greg Zen, about this because he's a defense attorney. Like, is this something that happens all the time? And apparently it's common that women become uh, romantic with inmates. Sometimes they've never met the guy. Sometimes I guess they're able to to go visit them. Um, So maybe that's what happened. Now, yeah, I never understood that. I I know that some women do that. They have, they find a boyfriend in a prisoner. (laughs) I would say if you know the guy before he went in, okay. But like, how do you start a relationship? The guy's already like in Sing Sing. I think, you know what? If I were to hazard a guess, they probably like the guy is actually like writing letters or talking to them and giving them attention. These are women that that need attention. How does the context start in the first place? Like, what you know, walk me through this. Like, I'm I'm just sitting around and I'm like, you know what? I could really go for a brother on lockdown right now. (laughs) I don't know anybody in jail. I'm just stroll on by Sing Sing and see if anybody wants a visitor. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Or it's a case that is like kind of a high profile. Wasn't it the guy who killed his wife, Scott Peterson, right? Uh He went to jail for killing his wife and then he got a girlfriend because he was like a high profile. I mean, she should probably be nervous when he gets out. Yeah. Since he killed his last partner. Yeah just saying. So I I don't know what to, I mean, I don't know what to say to this woman in terms of the advice. I think that she is about to have a total breakdown. Um, She has been in this relationship where her partner is really not sharing the emotional load, which is all the decision-making, which is all of that. And everybody's kind of putting everything on her and she's, she's doing it right. 
Yeah, she's doing it. She's doing everything. <laughs> I mean, she, there's not a single thing in this paragraph that she's not doing. Yeah. And this is not sustainable. And it's yeah. all going to fall apart. All of those relationships are going to fall apart somehow. You can't tell me that she's performing at work at both her jobs. Can't tell me yeah. she's absorbing anything in those classes. Yeah. She's preoccupied with this and she has all the other responsibilities, household and familiar responsibilities. Right. And so then this guy in prison is probably like just a very much an escapist thing. And if he is very decisive it, or comes across that way, it's just like, ah, oh, finally, someone is just going to take the reins on something. Just somebody to take the reins. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to, my advice to her before we get into Dr. Tracy's advice is this sounds like divorce no, and not just divorce. Like you need to get away. I mean, the, the old, the mother, the four children, the husband, the, the jobs, there's too much going on. If not, and by divorce, I mean like this woman needs like a eat, pray, love or something. Yeah. That's what I think too. I think she needs to just you know? go. She needs to say goodbye to everybody and say, yeah. I'm going to be unreachable, unreachable for the next year yeah. and then go take her money, you know, forget the classes, forget whatever, go travel, go, go be somewhere else and get, get your mind right. Yeah. You know, figure out what it is you really want to do with your life. Um, and then reevaluate. And not only that, then let everybody else handle their own lives. They'll be fine. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of, you know, you're not the only person there, you know, that they can rely on. They can rely on each other. You're a family. Yeah. Right like a unit of people, a group of people. So it can't be on, on, on one person. Yeah. Um, so dear desperate, you aren't really in love with this inmate. You've turned a brief fling into an escapist fantasy. I bet you the inmate was the one who cut it off. <laughs> like I can't deal with this anymore. Um, you fantasize that he would be the answer to your problems. And you think you could escape into his arms, like in prison, I guess. And that he'd make everything okay. That's the furthest thing from the truth. The truth is that if you ever did get close to him, he'd create more problems in your life than you can imagine. Well, I don't know. We don't know why the guy is behind bars, actually. Maybe we've been a little unfair. Yeah. It, it, we don't know why he's there. Yeah. Um, what makes you think this man could help you with your life decision when his own decision making has put him behind bars? Well, maybe it's he, a lucky... he made just one bad decision. Yeah, we don't know. I, I mean, mean, you know, maybe. A lot of great decisions otherwise. Yeah. Maybe he's a white collar criminal. And he was like, I shouldn't have commingled those funds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's giving her some really great job advice. You know? Yeah. Just like financial advice. Right. He was tempted. He was, he got greedy and he went and yeah. took it a little too far, but he's he great. Could be a he could be a politician, for example, yeah. you know, um, it's a lucky thing you can't contact this guy in prison right now. Prisoners have nothing to do but to court women like you who are desperate for love and a way out of their lives. He just leads you further down the garden path and that path leads to the trash dump. Oh, <laughs> wow. And he'd wind up trashing your life just like he's trashed his own. Don't do anything to find out the truth. At least wait until the con gets out. The con. Yeah. <laughs> and see how you feel then. In the meantime, concentrate on yourself, your school, and maybe even your poor neglected husband. Oh. Right? I, excuse me. Excuse both of us. <laughs> you know? Poor neglected husband. Yeah. Get out of here. Um, to reduce pressure on yourself, consider telling some of your children or your mother, I don't know, you have to figure it out for yourself. 
Just because someone presents a problem to you doesn't mean you have to solve it. Yes, I agree with that. Um, you are taking on everyone else's problems and making them your own. Give yourself a break. Don't carry a torch for a convict. If you're going to find someone other than your husband, find someone who isn't in jail, who has a job, a car, a house, and a life. Yeah, I have a couple problems with this. It's just good luck, which is just about the rudest thing to say. Good day to you. I bid you good day. Um, you desperate fool. I, I don't like that she's making assumptions about why this guy is in jail. And I don't like the idea that just because someone isn't in jail or hasn't been locked up, that they're not a complete piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. It's very presumptuous. Where, where is the, I think she, this, this Dr. Tracy, if she is a doctor, needs to put some of the onus on the other people in the family, right? This is supposed to be a, a family unit. Why can't she ask for help? Yeah, exactly. Why, why are, you know what I mean? Why, instead of just turning away, um, instead of just telling people she can't help, I think she should be encouraged to be like, I need some help from you guys and see what happens. Well, it sounds like if they're, if this is the type of family, they're the type of people who are do nothings and she's doing it. And she's the only one that does anything. It, it, it sounds like it's like five against one that they're all yeah. do nothings. And so it could be. nobody wants to be the one to change and start doing something, they're all going to stick together and continue that behavior because they got her doing everything. Because a 25 year old living at home, even if he or she does not have a job can definitely make this woman's life a lot easier. Yeah. Um, they could take on some of the, the help with the younger siblings. They could work with this grandmother situation, you know, and help the mom out. Yeah, and why is the mom working a full and part-time job? Money. Yeah, but why doesn't anyone else contribute in this household? Either money or she's escaping. Yeah. And this the prisoner was just one more reason, you know, one more thing outside of the home that she has. And something that's fun, exciting. And something that's fun, yeah. And, and interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think well, she should just I, take off. I, yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm calling eat pray love on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she should just giddy up and go. Yes, I give it three plates of pasta. Three plates of pasta and two foreign men. Yes. <laughs> of indeterminate race. Yes, and one prayer. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.